got a, I got a purple uh, Bentley Continental GT. Support for the Creative Real Estate Podcast is provided by Lead Funding, a great private lender serving Colorado, Arizona, Texas, and Washington State. We at Blue Spruce have worked with Lead Funding and heartily endorsed them. What we love about Lead Funding is that, number one, they're fast. I've personally seen them underwrite and close a loan in just 48 hours. And, number two, they are active investors themselves. That means we'll help you understand the pros and cons of the deal. And if it doesn't look good, they'll advise you on how to make it work or even walk away. They don't look just at the numbers. They have a keen eye for whether there are hidden gotchas in the rehab that you may not have noticed in your own due diligence. Seriously, these guys know their stuff and are great to work with. You can find them online at leadfunding.com or by calling 303-834-3494. And make sure you listen to our interview with lead funding partner Al Robertson in episode four. Once again, call 303-834-3494 or just go to leadfunding.com. It's time for the Creative Real Estate Podcast, your source for out-of-the-box real estate investing strategies brought to you by realbluespruce.com. Welcome to the Creative Real Estate Podcast from realbluespruce.com. I am DJ Scruggs along with my partner, Adam Adams. Well, hello, everybody. Hello, Adam. You sound uh, like, it's, I'm, like it might be the end of a long day. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's only 4.30. We still got to go to the Badass Real Estate Investing Club. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Adam is the consummate networker. He never misses, never misses an event. So I'm, but I know people aren't listening because they want to hear about Adam's um, evening habits. So let's get right to our guest. I'm happy to have uh, joining us today, Igor Kachpust. Did I say that right? That's right. Yeah. Happy to be here, guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, Igor, you have a... Um, well, first of all, let's let's just cut to the chase. How old are you? Uh, Twenty-one. All right, so you're pretty young to be in this um, this whole real estate game, and you've actually been doing it for a while. Could you can you just take us back to how you first got into real estate? And you weren't even you were still a minor, weren't you? Yeah, I was. That was actually a problem that the seller told me, on, or the title company was telling me on the first property I bought, which was uh, down here in Pueblo. I was 17 years old, and they were telling me, if you decide you want to sell this thing before you turn 18, you can't because you're not an adult. Oh, so wow. kind of the story of the first one was uh, you know, a little lot that I bought for under $1,000 in uh, Pueblo, Colorado. Shortly after that, a few months later, I was 18 years old, bought a junky uh, single-family home in Indianapolis, Indiana, quick claim deed. And that one's quite the story. I don't know if, I, if you guys want me to get into that. But, Absolutely, um, yeah. So, I mean, that one was, uh, I bought it on the same, it was an auction website and I bought this junky little house. It was a foreclosure in the hood for like $7,500 and I bought it on a quick claim deed, not knowing what that was. <laughs> so I figured <laughs> I'm going to clean this thing up, put it on the market, sell it for 30,000. It's going to be great. Put some cabinets and some paint until I went over there and there's like three inches of frozen water in the basement, ceilings down into the house. And wow. Wow. So I, I, did, I tried to just unload it. I get an offer for twelve nine, and uh, turns out I had fourteen thousand in liens on the thing. Oh no! <laughs> oh boy! So that was a, that was that was an interesting first, you know, actual flip that I attempted. And how old ended, how old were you on that second one, the one in Indiana? I was eighteen. Okay. So what did and you so, end up doing with it? I ended up being able to unload it on a quick claim to another investor for 8,500 bucks. And that took me like six months. I rushed down to the, drove to the courthouse in Indianapolis from Chicago, not accounting for the time change, got there like one minute before they closed to record the deeds. <laughs> <laughs> so, just... so did you have a gross income of a, of a thousand on that one then? Gross. Yeah. But I mean, after paying people to cut the grass for six months in the hood and doing all this, I mean, I'd be surprised if I made any money on that. Thing. Okay. Okay. Trial by fire. <laughs> well, so obviously you didn't give up. 
Um, no, after that, I did, you know, kind of take a little hiatus. Um, I focused on a couple other small business things I was kind of trying to get into and managed to save up a little money before jumping back into wholesaling full-time uh, at the age of 19. And so you've okay. been doing that for, what, two years now? Uh, yeah, two full years going on three of um, of wholesaling and doing creative deals and all kinds of just single-family. Uh, Is, isn't it true that you're semi-retired right now? I, I, I was <laughs> semi-retired after uh, – August of this year of 2017, we had our best month. I had a, I had a big goal to do $100,000 in a month of gross revenue before the time I turned 21. Wow! And so we ended up doing 84.6 in July going into August, and I kind of took like a two three month uh, hiatus where I traveled around a little bit and was trying to figure out next steps. But kind of now I've uh, it's been a few months and I'm kind of getting back into the swing of things. Okay, <laughs> so you're just coming out of retirement when you're 21. <laughs> He's on retiring. <laughs> that's right awesome and uh and something else that was really interesting about uh igor the 21 year old uh rock star is the car that you bought yourself when you before you retired (laughs) that's right before i retired (laughs) (laughs) tell what what kind of car did you buy a honda civic uh, no, I got the Honda Accord, the new model. I'm just messing with you. <laughs> I, got a, I got a purple uh, Bentley Continental GT. Uh, purple, purple Bentley. Bentley. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. That's, <right. laughs> so that's pretty incredible. You have a really fun story, and, uh, and you're one of the very uh, few people. Because I, um, I did creative real estate, and I mostly, mm-hmm. I mostly did free stuff for people. I mostly just helped them get out of foreclosures by using like loan modifications. And I I never made a dime with that. So you were able to use creative real estate and and make enough money to buy a Bentley before you were 21. That's right. Okay. So we're going to give him a big head. Give us, (laughs) give us a little bit of, um, uh, you know, history on what, what are these deals? What kind of creative deals have you done? Sure. So, uh, you know, the majority of my deals were kind of just bread and butter wholesale deals, assignment fees on single family homes. But there have been several creative deals where an assignment fee just didn't make sense. It didn't work. There wasn't enough equity in the deal or whatever it may be. So um, as an example of one we did in Apopka, Florida, a nice was four bedroom, one bath or three bedroom, one bath, uh, single family home in central Florida that the lady had like a $185,000 mortgage on the thing. It was worth probably two fifteen, and it needed a little bit of work. So what we did on that one is we took it over subject to, there was about 11,000 in arrears, uh, meaning, you know, back payments on the property that needed to be caught up to make the mortgage current. So she quit claimed the property to us with no money out of pocket. Um, we didn't give her, we didn't give her anything. We originally were supposed to, but the payoff came back ten thousand dollars higher than than what we what she had told us. Yeah, and so we weren't able to give her that ten grand that we originally said we would. Um, anyways, she was happy with it because we took the thing over. We got forty thousand down from somebody else that was going to move into the thing. We caught up the ten or eleven thousand that was in arrears, and uh, walked away with thirty thousand dollar profit on that one. And how uh, long did that take? What was the turnaround? Uh, that thing was probably about six weeks for the whole thing. It was a little bit longer. That's fascinating. How did you find the buyer? Uh, Craigslist. So you just put an ad up there? 
we put 220 we put well, i don't remember what we, we had a couple of different ads that was kind of it took a couple of weeks to sell to sell the thing mm-hmm. but uh, we just advertised it as you know seller finance property no no banks no uh, you know kind of an easier process for someone that might have uh, credit trouble in the past or whatever it may be mm-hmm. so just advertised the perks of going with us rather than going with the, you know traditional loan and and they were able to get into a house without you know having to get a loan put down a nice down payment, make, you know, fair monthly payments and, uh, and build equity in the home. So let's make sure we understand the mechanics though. So subject to means that the original seller continued to carry the mortgage and you just started making the payments. Yes. So we had to catch up the loan because they had, they had been in foreclosure. They have been making payments for, you know, several months. And, uh, so they quit claim the property to us, meaning release their interest in the property. It to us, so we're rightful owners on title, and uh, the mortgage is still in the previous owner's name, which of course they're aware of and they're okay with given the situation. So basically, they just give the property to us, and we keep it making payments on the mortgage. In this case, we had to catch up the mortgage and make it current. Then we just continue to make the monthly payments on it until it's paid off. And so then, so you got forty thousand from the new buyer, yeah. uh, and you turned around and gave some of that money to the original seller. Is that right? Or no? no we- we ended up not having to give any to the original seller. We originally planned to give her ten thousand dollars because mm-hmm. she told us the mortgage was like one seventy four or something, and it ended up being like one eighty four or one eighty nine. Uh, I don't remember exact numbers, but it ended up being you know a little higher, so we weren't as confident in our exit. So is it pretty much then you took that cash and then you just kind of set up a relationship directly where that new buyer is paying the mortgage now? Uh, no, that's an option that, you know, you can set up a service company that would do that, but we're kind of servicing it ourselves. So the new buyer, we have an auto pay with the mortgage. It just pulls it right out of the account. And then the new buyer, uh, pays, uh, every month just directly to us and we pay the mortgage. And well, so do you have, I, I presumably if that buyer can't, if, if they fall into financial trouble and can't make their payments, can you get the house back? Yeah. So they're not even on title. They don't have basically it's sold on a land contract. Mm-hmm. So once it's fully paid off, once they've paid it off, I think we made it a 15 year note. Um, and once it's fully paid off, we uh, transfer ownership to them at that point. Well, I like it. I have so many questions for you. The first one is you've done deals in Colorado, Florida. I, I haven't yet Indiana. done a deal in oh, I, I thought you said Pueblo. I thought you said had a thousand dollar... Yeah, I've done yeah, no single family wholesale deals, but I actually okay. did do a land deal in Pueblo too. So I have done deals. So in what? Colorado. What other states are we're we're in three so far? Yeah, so uh, Colorado, Illinois, um, Florida, Pennsylvania, and uh, Missouri, St. Louis. And how I, do you find your deals? Uh, in the past, we predominantly were doing pay per click. With Google, mm-hmm. I was spending, I don't know, $300 a day on, on PPC ads. Mm-hmm. So we're doing a ton of that, some direct mail in Florida. But now we've kind of stopped everything else. When I went into retirement, I should <laughs> say. <laughs> but now that we've kicked back up, we're doing a ton of cold calling. And, Just, and where do you get the names and the phone numbers? So, I mean, Mojo uh, Mojo Dialer, which is actually a dialer, uh, you know, a three a power dialer for, you know, cold callers. Yeah. They have a feature in there where you could map an area and you'll get uh, phone numbers for all the homeowners in that area. They tend to be landlines and older data, but, you know, they're still fairly accurate. And you can get data that way. But, I mean, with this, with we've got a call center with like 17 representatives that we've been running. 
and we're running through like a hundred thousand uh, names every couple of weeks. So oh. we're getting lists from a provider called Your Lead Broker, and they're they cost money, but they're a little bit more accurate and kind of give you the ability to filter a little bit. And Mojo Dialer gives you the opportunity to call multiple people at the same time, right? Exactly. How, how yeah. many how many do you guys dial at once? One. It's a three line dialer, so it's done okay. three for once. And that way you can call, uh, one rep should be able to call about 900 to 1,000 uh, dials a day. Wow. And, and you said you have three reps? What is that right? Yeah, they're kind of like VAs. They're out of the country. So we, how we have it structured is we have 17 uh, reps in that oh. call center. And then they're sending once they they input the leads into our podio and we have a closer that connects to them live and then does all the follow-up and stuff once they're in our system. What did you do before you ever even got into real estate? Um, so I kind of messed with a ton of different stuff. Like I had an e-commerce store before where and like an Amazon store. Uh, I also, I sold cars, which is really, I used to buy and resell cars on Craigslist. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's where I made kind of, you know, after the Indiana flip, I was like, whoa, whoa, this is like not as easy as I thought it would be. I had a couple of friends in Chicago and together we kind of just drove around all day looking at Craigslist deals and, and picking up cars, lowballing <laughs> people on cars and, and reselling them. So that's how I got a little bit of the seed capital, and that was one of the main, uh, you know, other businesses that I did. That's amazing. So I, I'm curious to hear more about this, you know, these 17 virtual assistants. I mean, how much training does it take, and and how, how do you recruit them, and 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 that kind Honestly, of thing? Those 17 reps, they kind of suck on the phone, and they have, <laughs> they're not good. But I mean, the reason that we did that is because basically I connected with a friend. Um, that already had an existing business with uh, with like 50 person call center, and they're and they're already doing customer service for his business. I was telling him about what I was doing on Mojo earlier this year, and he got really interested. He was like, "Let's put some of my guys on it." So we started with like five of his reps, and then putting more and more. I mean, basically, we have one supervisor there that we've taught kind of the system and gone through the scripts thoroughly with her and, and all that stuff. That comes on there. She kind of. Uh, coaches them up and then puts them right on the phone and they have a very simple script i mean really all they're looking to get is whether that person is looking to sell now or has considered selling in the near future and and if the answer is yes then that kicks it over to a, a closer right, so are those people that you hired the closers yeah the closers are more local like we have the closer right now we're mostly just doing florida with that call center and we have two closers in florida that are taking care of those and I'm just curious, are they compensated on an hourly basis, or do you give them a, a, a fee based on the deal, or what? They're 15% of the gross. Uh, say that again? 15% of the gross. 15% of the gross, okay. Well, that's nice. And, and so they're, they're coached on how, you know, how to figure out how much to offer. And, um, yeah. And I mean, both of my guys already have previous experience. Like, one of them's kind of an older guy that's been running his own small wholesaling business for a long time, and. So now he's kind of plugged in with us and just, you know, doing it that way. And then uh, I have another, the other one is a friend of mine in Florida that has done deals with me in the past that's already also got some experience. And so they, they're uh, pretty capable, in, you know, handling those leads. Well, that's incredible. So if you've got, you got people doing the leads, you got people doing the closing, what do you do? <laughs> that, you know, so that was the goal coming out of retirement is I don't want to – I don't want to be running the wholesale businesses so much. I'm really looking to focus more on uh, multifamilies and uh, kind of looking into this assisted living stuff. And that's where I'm looking to devote most of my time. 
But recently I've moved my little brother in from Chicago also to live with me here in Colorado and setting him up with Mojo and all this stuff and hitting targeted lists in the Denver area, starting to pick up deals. Wow. Wow. <laughs> so you make it sound so easy. Right. <laughs> that's been taking up the majority of my time now is kind of first setting up the stuff with the, uh, you know, with the, with the new operation, with all the VAs and now, you know, trying to help my brother and, and set set up the business here. Um, I haven't had as much time as I'd like for, for the commercial and the assisted living, but I'm still trying to, you know, squeeze it in where I can. So, um, I guess since this is the creative real estate podcast, I want to go back to what we were talking about before. Sure. <laughs> you, you, you talk about subject twos and lease options like, like it's the back of your hand. It's uh, amazing. I love that about you and how creative you think and how you're always able to figure out a win-win. But when it comes to even using creative strategies, did you do that just so that you could say that you've done a lease option? No. So, you know, in those situations and what I really love about coming up with creative solutions to those problems is it's kind of a problem that a lot of people just step over, you know, a wholesaler will come and look at it and they say, oh, I can't make a $15,000 assignment fee on this. I'm just going to walk away. And they don't really care that the homeowner has a problem that could be solved. Mm. So if you go in and approach it and look at it like, hey, if I can help this person, whichever way I do it, I'm bound to get paid. And so, you know, go in there and there it might not work with a regular conventional assignment deal or as a flip or whatever. But if you get creative, like we did, for example, on that Florida deal, the lady got, you know, credits totally saved. She's not losing her house. Uh, the other, the, the buyer on our side got, you know, into a, into a wonderful home at even a slight discount and didn't have to go and get, you know, a bank loan or anything. So, you know, it creates a win-win for, for everyone involved and still allows us to, to be able to make you know, a little bit of money as well. So do you think you already have uh, strategies to do that with multifamily since you're getting into that in assisted living? Yeah, I really think that that I do um, and that having this experience with single family is going to kind of better equip me to be able to come up with creative offers and creative solutions on you know larger projects. Wow. Wow. Well, that's, um, that's amazing. And he's only 21 years old. Uh, yeah, it does. It really blows my mind. You it have, makes me feel really old. <laughs> you got a lot of knowledge up there. Well, um, so do you have? Uh, how, how can people find you online if they wanted to learn more about you? Um, I mean, mostly I think the only things really my Instagram or on Bigger Pockets. Uh, my Instagram is at who is cash K A J, and that's just kind of random photos and stuff. It doesn't have a lot to do with real estate, but they can send me a message there if they'd like to connect. Or uh, bigger pockets. I'm on bigger pockets as well. You might um, have to spell your your last name for us, though, Igor. Uh, yeah, I G O R K A J P U S T. If you just look that up on Facebook, LinkedIn, Bigger Pockets, whatever, I'm on all of those platforms. Um, and then also, I don't know if I could plug this on here, guys. So maybe we could cut it out. But we're doing a real estate mastermind only for uh, you know real estate professionals that have done in excess of 100,000 in profit this past year. Okay. And it's going to be kind of a cool um, getaway in Beverly Hills. We got like a crazy huge mansion and we're all just going to mastermind and get together for a weekend. So You're going to park uh, the purple Bentley in front of it? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's because it's in California. So I'm not going to bring it out there. But maybe we'll have some rental Lamborghinis or something. <laughs> <laughs> so when is that? Just uh, That's going to be December 15th through the 18th. And we actually have a website for it. It's 2018mastermind.com. Pretty simple. 
um, with pictures and all the info and stuff. So that's an invite for both of you guys right off the bat. And anyone else that's listening, if they'd like more information, please uh, reach out to me for sure. Excellent. One, one good thing about your name, Igor, is it's easy to Google. It's yeah. hard to spell, but if you can spell it, you're going to find him. <laughs> that's right. Thanks a lot for coming on. I've, I've learned so much, and I, I hope that it just kind of opens people's minds. Other people who just um, you know don't know where they're going into this real estate space just kind of see that there's so much more possibility and potential in, in doing this than you kind of start out by thinking, you know? Right. And, and anyone can do this stuff. I mean, it sounds confusing if we're talking about lease options and you know all this stuff just right off the bat. It might sound overwhelming and confusing. But if you get on a place like Bigger Pockets or any of these other podcasts, like for example, your guys' podcast, you can learn so much and just start picking it up and take it one step at a time, and you'll be, you know, talking like Adam and DJ in no time. No time at all. <laughs> Terrific. Well, thanks again for coming on the program, Igor. Thanks a lot, guys. Appreciate it. Bye.